0: Speaking Human.
1: Today on Speaking Human, we pull down our protective masks to spread a few thoughts on how brands are responding to the coronavirus and the massive impact COVID 19 is having on marketing and major events.
0: Speaking Human. Welcome to Speaking Human, where we simplify the world of marketing for our humans. I'm Shad Conley, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Jebber. And Patrick, I don't know if you've heard about this, but I think there's some sort of bug going around. Something like that. Caught a little bit of word about it. I think something's happening. Have you heard about this?
1: What? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not everywhere. Nobody's talking about it. And Nobody's talking about it, including us.
0: And it's not affecting all of our lives in massive ways.
1: It's just a strange, strange world we're living in right now. I keep saying this, I keep coming back to this as like this very bizarre new normal that we're trying to get used to. And I don't know how you get used to a new normal when you haven't even really established what this new normal is because it changes every second, right?
0: Yeah, we're kind of on unprecedented territory here. This is just something we've never experienced anything like this, where we've had a sort of virus that's shutting down major events, shutting down companies, shutting down schools, shutting down our daily lives in a way like this and telling us not to interact with people or to stay home. This is just definitely within my lifetime. I don't know what it was like at the time of polio or anything like that, but this is just totally foreign to me and I think to most of us.
1: Well, that's the key, right, is in our lifetime, nothing like this. And this is global.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in the world we live in now with all this, you know, with our phones, with the internet, with everything in front of us, it's like standing on the beach watching the tidal wave where you're seeing it build in front of you, Mm. you know, and then as it is in front of you, like, oh, it's getting pretty big, then you're like, well, it's really big. And then you're like, wow, it's right in front of me, and that is gigantic, and it just keeps getting bigger. I mean, that's what I feel like. You're just watching this thing, and it's just growing and growing, and you're just, you know, over the past month, that's the way it's felt like. It's just a slow build.
1: Until it washes over you. Like right now, we haven't even gotten hit by this wave yet. It feels like we're right on the cusp.
0: Yeah, we were a little bit removed before, but now in the past few days, as we're recording this, when things have just escalated so quickly, It's changed a lot, everything has changed a lot. It feels like our whole environment has just altered right in front of us, like Matrix style.
1: Yeah, this probably goes for a lot of our listeners who are in other countries, because we do have a lot of listeners outside of the United States. I'm sure they all have different experiences and hopefully everybody's okay, but it is strange to hear different perspectives on how they're interacting with this because everybody's at a different place watching that tidal wave move in, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think from my perspective, the tipping point was there was just this moment. I think it was almost Tom Hanks. I think Hanks might have been the tipping point. Not to make light of this, but that was the moment things started. I felt like they kind of changed a little bit when you heard Hanks had the coronavirus. After that, I don't know if it was just coincidental I saw that, but that's when everything started shutting down. I feel like the escalation just went from there. I don't know if it's related to Tom Hanks, (laughs) but it just feels like it coincided with that moment in some way.
1: Yeah, it's funny because when that happened, my wife said, that's Tom Hanks, man. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. You know what I mean? This is the guy. Not America's Everyman. Yeah, I mean, no, I get it. Yeah, it makes it very real when you... Granted, we don't know Tom Hanks personally, but I think hearing about someone who is recognizable or who you can relate to, you say, oh my gosh. Because I think that's part of this whole thing is you hear about it. You know, people are getting it, but you don't know those people. They're sort of unidentified at this point.
0: It was like a couple people got it here and there, but then there's a name, right? Mm. There's a name attached to it, a name, you know, Yeah, this lovable guy.
1: Yeah. So, you know, being that This podcast is really all about marketing and branding and this idea of communicating messages and things like that. You and I had had this discussion on whether or not we should even cover the coronavirus like a week and a half ago, right? Yeah. And since then, you know, we started to warm up to the idea of like, maybe this is relevant. This is timely, obviously. What are our next steps? And then literally, as we were putting the script together, right, it just was snowballing really out of control to the point where now we're talking about this. And at this point, I think I've received an email from almost every major brand, even some small local businesses about the coronavirus and how they're handling it. So it has become a major talking point for businesses, brands, people in general, right?
0: Yeah, I think if you're on an email list for a company or a brand, you've probably received something talking about it. In all likelihood. And I think if you're a brand, you felt or at least had a conversation about, do we need to address this with our customers mm. in some way? Particularly if you're a retail brand, you have some sort of storefront, any sort of direct contact with people involved, you've probably had that conversation. If you didn't, you definitely should have had that conversation about having that communication with your customers. And I think we've had this, I mean, dozens, I've gotten dozens of emails. Like I said, from every email list I'm on, I think I've gotten one in some way. So that's an interesting talking point. You know, we've kind of collected them and shared some of them back and forth. But talk about the wave of the virus and how it's been talked about. These have been coming more and more from CEOs of companies, from customer service perspective. I've just been getting them from all sides.
1: Yeah, I agree. I would say that almost 100% of them convey a level of concern for their customers, the local communities, keeping them safe, letting them know, like, especially the brick and mortars, that we're taking steps to make sure that the safety of not only our employees, but you, our customers, is our top priority. And, you know, that's really important, I think, for those types of businesses. Yeah. The general
0: message being, we're concerned. Here's what we're doing and we'll keep you updated. Let me ask you, do you read these emails? Do you read through them all the way?
1: I think there's a few that I've read through. This is what we do for a living, right? It's communications. I kinda wanna see how brands are handling it. That interests me the most.
0: Yeah, definitely. Maybe it's because I'm getting like so many of these, I'm more scanning for what's the information I really want, which is, all right, how does this affect me? When is this place open? What are you actually doing? And maybe they're not thinking about it. You know, They're thinking about, I want to tell people everything. I want to tell them how much I care. I want to tell them you know, how important they are and all the things we're doing, mm-hmm. which are all great messaging things, and I can understand why they want to put that all in. But at this point, at this stage we're at, where you're getting bombarded with these emails, I think brands feel like they're in a pressure to send them. You're obligated to, which to some extent you are. Yeah, I would kind of advise everybody... To send rather than not send, you know? To show you're aware rather than just ignore. Yeah. Even if people are getting bombarded. But I would be a little more brief, get to the key point, and less of the technical or jargony kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Official statements, it shows professionalism, obviously. Like, for instance, there was Starbucks. They had the open letter to their customers. The uh, CEO, Kevin Johnson of Starbucks, quoting this from the open letter, He said, At Starbucks, we believe it is our role and responsibility during this time to prioritize two things the health and well being of our customers and partners, while also playing a constructive role in supporting local health officials and government leaders as they work to contain the virus. Through that lens, we will continue to make decisions with vigilance and courage, informed by the latest science based information and guided by our mission and values. So, you know, you get a lot of that. I mean, a lot of the emails are in a nutshell like that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, this stuff I don't super love. Mm-mm. I think this is the thing like you talk about jargon. I feel like there's a clear difference between sending an email that gives you an understanding of what they're doing to protect you and sending an email. Being really aware, this is a trying time for people everywhere. It's really important to remember that your customers, they're not just customers, they're people. Real people who are victims of this pandemic, who are dealing with this. And so I think you just need to communicate that understanding in a more human way.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's something we always talk about no matter what's going on. But yeah, I think it's even more important here. I think maybe a good approach would be, you know, Post your longer form thing on your website, your official statement or whatever, and then have your email something more human, maybe just a couple paragraphs or one paragraph, your kind of key bullet takeaways. The end be like, you can read our full official statement on our website and keep it quick, keep it short so people actually read it, get the key points you want to make. But you get that human heart thing out there. So that's the key takeaway without getting caught up in more of the technical stuff, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think that's what people need. I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, one thing I would bring up was some brands that have been able to help people connect via their brand since people are abstaining from this in person socialization. For example, one is from Vimeo, it's a popular video platform and community. They sent this email earlier in the week that said pivoting to online conferences is easy through their platform. They said, whether you're planning an internal all hands customer meetup or an industry conference, virtual events can help you stay connected with your employees and customers, even if you can't bring them all to the same place. And so they recognize that organizations are rethinking their events and strategies and all that stuff and how their product can solve that problem. Don't worry, you can still get work done which I think is really smart thing for them to do, communicate that via an email. Yeah, you obviously
0: got to market it and position it the right way and not seem manipulative right, right. of the situation, you know, which seems like they're playing it the right way, being like, hey, we have a tool you can use in this situation. It's like, say there's a disaster and somebody brings something they have from their house to help. You know, I run over with my toolbox and be like, hey, I have something that can help you in this situation. That's kind of who you want to be in that scenario, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And then there's this other I subscribe to. It's called Khan Academy, which is spelled like Genghis Khan, K H A N, or Khan from Star Trek. <laughs> I just always think of when I actually see the emails come in, William Shatner going,
0: Khan!
1: Oh, uh, yeah, great, great moment. Yeah. So this company provides online learning for students. And so they sent an email with resources for remote learning after all these school closures. And it's just a great example of a brand solving a problem for people, you know, because this is what they do. They were very empathetic, I think, in their email to how people's lives are in an upheaval. And I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think anybody, you know, functioning in that kind of specific online space, video conferencing, gonna see a little bit of a bump, an opportunity, an uptick. It's a reminder. It's not all doom and gloom for brands. Mm -hmm. As the environment changes, there are these opportunities. And, you know, you even look at products like hand sanitizer, hand soap, toilet paper. (laughs) These things are, you know, getting big jumps at the moment, just based on the situation that is happening. So,
1: yeah, who would have thought that Scott toilet paper was so popular? I didn't know that.
0: I think any toilet paper, right?
1: Yeah, but it's the only toilet paper we use. <laughs>
0: like, Scott, send me some toilet paper.
1: So, Scott, if you got some toilet paper, I can't use the big, thick, quilted toilet paper. It'll clog our toilets. But if you want to send the really thin, sheeted ply, that would be awesome. Uh, mm. Anyway, that was a little...
0: There you go. Listeners, help him. Um <laughs> I did see a good post on Twitter. Somebody was talking about Wegmans, the grocery store, I think in California, had like a rule. You can only buy like one or two packs of toilet paper a day. This person who was posting said they saw somebody buy their two packs of toilet paper, go outside and then come back in with a hat and sunglasses on to buy some more.
1: Oh man. That's where we're at. Yeah, You know what? That does not surprise me at all.
0: No. Well, and it's this... Perpetuating cycle, right? Where you're like, the demand increases because the thing is not there because everybody thinks they need it and then goes and buys it and then it's gone. And then you're like, well, maybe I need it because it's not there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And around and around it goes. When what's probably going to happen is in a few weeks, you're going to be like, why do I have all this toilet paper?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you'll be making fortresses in your house out of toilet paper.
0: Yeah, be like, I wish I had some room in this closet.
1: Yeah, and you could fill a swimming pool with all this hand sanitizer that you bought.
0: (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You know, if you bought stock in Purell like a month ago, good for you. So those are some brands on the upswing. For a brand situationally unfortunate, there may not be a brand... More on that end of the spectrum than the beer brand Corona.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Corona.
0: You know, nothing of their own fault.
1: Yeah. Google Trends showed a spike in searches for beer virus and Corona beer virus between January 26 and February 1st. And Corona beer virus was searched over 49,000 times coronavirus beer was used over 22,000 times in that time frame. But you've got this brand that has no relation. Seems obvious too, but no relation. And it has a huge spike in searches for that brand connected with the virus. And that's just strange.
0: I mean, it's crazy. But I mean, even aside from that, even from people who know, it's just the name attachment. You know what I mean? There's jokes. There's memes. I saw one today that's animated thing where there was Corona on one side, and then there were like three other beers, a Heineken, a couple others on the other side, and they were all wearing masks. And every time the Corona would come over to the other beers, they would jump to the other side. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, that's internet culture for you, but... It's just such an unfortunate thing. You almost feel like, oh man, is corona going to have to change its name? It's going to take years. It's going to hit its sales. It's going to always have that association, that stigma a little bit, even if there's nothing real or nothing true about
1: it. Do you think, because there is no relationship to the actual virus, do you think it's going to negatively impact it? Uh, probably not long-term. Yeah. But short-term, and I think the
0: short-term, you know, being a year... Mm -hmm. but that hurts. Yeah. I know for now, the brand has been silent. People are being like, oh, they should say something or they should uh, make a joke about it or they should do something. But I think, Mm. I don't know, there's much they can really do right now. They've just kept quiet and I think that's probably the right move because I just don't know that there is a right move.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think making light out of it is probably the worst thing that you could do at this point. I get that other people with the memes and stuff are trying to find humor in this very scary time that we're living in. But the brand itself has got to tread very carefully on that because it's just like anything else other than caring and showing empathy for people. You have to give some room to the event itself before you can ever maybe even talk about it at all. You definitely don't want to joke about it.
0: Yeah, and the more you talk about it, probably the more you're just attaching it to yourself. Yeah. Even if you're trying to distance yourself from it.
1: Yeah, it can have the opposite effect on you, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, the big question, though, in my mind is we have the upcoming Fast and the Furious movie where Vin Diesel always drinks Corona. Is Mm -hmm. he still going to be drinking Corona or are they going to, like,
1: edit that out? I think maybe the question you should be asking is, is anybody going to go see this movie in the theaters? (laughs) Or will theaters be open? Exit. I mean... These are real questions. They're real questions, you know? And maybe this is the thing that sparks the whole streaming of theatrical movies. They've talked about this for a long time and studios have been against it obviously because movie theaters play a big part in that economy. But with people being fairly afraid to be in those social environments or social gathering places, maybe that's something that gets sparked from that.
0: It's true. Such a weird moment and weird things are happening. You might see experimentation happening with companies, with brands where they're just doing things they wouldn't normally do, right? Mm-hmm. Which could be interesting from that marketing or branding perspective where hey, we're going to take this big movie we were going to release in theaters and sell it to a streaming service, see what kind of numbers we can do that way. Otherwise, we wouldn't have done that. Or you could see that in other ways where we're going to launch this grocery delivery service that does something different. Things that weren't necessarily in the plans, but we're in this moment, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. Things have come about because of these situations in the past. So we could see that happen again.
1: Yeah. How brands solve problems, how businesses solve problems in a trying time like this can lead to innovations. For example, there's a local running shoe store, Second Soul, that I follow. And on Instagram, they posted a video this week that said, we realize that customers' don't wanna come into the store possibly, we will come out to the parking lot. If you know what you want, you wanna order it, we'll bring the product out to you. We can do a mobile order from the parking lot if you wanna stay in your car. Mm. We'll ship them free to you. We'll deliver them free to you. A place that doesn't normally do this, and you know, that is something they're adapting to this situation, in a way that shows that they care about how their customers feel about this. They understand that people are a little scared or a little afraid and hey, don't worry, we'll take care of you. And I think that's paramount to everything else. I thought it was a really great message that they posted on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great example. How in this particular moment, good reminder, you know, behind brands, marketers that are people, and it's usually people who want to help people, or I want to do something good, or my intention is to benefit people in some way. And usually in times of crisis, that tends to come out.
1: Oddly enough, this is a time when branding and marketing matters the most, right? What your actual motives are. Do you care about those people? That makes a huge difference. I think we all want to believe as human beings, that we're all in this world together, that we're all in it together. And events like this, to me, can make us stronger, you know, as a human race, not you believe in this thing and I believe in this thing and we don't agree. It's like, no, this can actually bring people together in a positive way. You hope, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's what we hope to see at the end of the road when we're looking back on this thing. Wow, wasn't that crazy? But at least there were some good things that came out of it.
1: Yeah, let's uh, look back, hopefully, and that'll be the case. Like we said, we've never experienced this in our lifetime, so this is all very new to us, and we're dealing with it the same way, you know?
0: Yep. Welcome to it.
1: Yeah. Well, then that's it for today's episode, everyone. You can find current and past episodes of the podcast and a boatload of other marketing and branding content that's viral in a good way on SpeakingHuman.com. We'll be back, hopefully,
0: before you're out of quarantine with another episode of Speaking Human. Catch you then, humans. Speaking human. Step into the world
1: of power, loyalty,